Hello and welcome to the spiritguides.co.uk network radio show with your host Mark Chatterton. Tonight we are pleased to welcome back on the show Lorna Byrne, a very special lady from Ireland who has the rare gift of being able to see angels around us. Lorna's first book, Angels in My Hair, went on to become an international bestseller. Last week, her third book was published in the UK and Ireland called A Message of Hope from the Angels. And tonight we will be talking about that book and a whole host of other subjects. So welcome back onto the show, Lorna. Thank you. I'm delighted to be talking with you again, Mark, and all all your listeners. That's great. Uh, As we start the interview, I would just like to tell our listeners that Lorna's new book, A Message of Hope from the Angels, has just gone straight in at number one in both the UK and Irish non-fiction hard book charts. So well done, Lorna. Thank you. Well, I say well done to all of the people out there as well who who have read it and have got the hope from it, um, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm always shocked. Yeah. You know, you think I'd be used to it by now, but I'm afraid I'm not. Now, I was going to say, just what does that mean to you, to to have a book that's gone straight in at number one? It's absolutely marvellous, you know, um, and... You know, when when people were asking me, you know, and talking about that, that they were losing, you know, hope within themselves, that they found it very hard to see. And, you know, I prayed and I asked God and the angels about it. And they just said, now is the time to write a, a book with the message of hope from the angels, because everybody needs hope. And the whole world actually needs hope at the moment, not just Ireland and England, and because of not just because of financial difficulties, but because of so many things that are going on. And you have to remember, hope gives us um, courage and strength, you know, to live our everyday, ordinary lives to to the full. And you know that is very important because. We have to allow ourselves to see the future, you know, for, for our families and for, for ourselves, but for the whole world as well. And remember, hope, you know, makes, you know, what seems impossible, possible. And there is loads of hope out there. And that is what people have to remember. Get that, to keep that light of hope burning inside of them within, within their own lives and to move, move forward. Okay, because obviously in your book you discuss various topics backed up with different events that have happened in your life. Um, one of the ones that struck me was the subject of parent- parenting, which you describe as the most important job in the world. What, why is, is that? It is the most important um, job in the world, and it is for every parent to remember to remember this, whether you know whether it's a husband and wife or whether it's a single parent, and um, because. Every parent is holding the future in their hands, their child. And a parent has such an important job um, to to play, to wear that child to the best of their ability, to teach them to be loving and caring um, so, so, so that they grow up and, you know, build the future of the world. Our children are the future. And that is why, you know, to be a parent is actually the most important job in the world. It's more important than being a president or, or you know, the head of a government or, or anything like that, or even a judge. And it is the most important job. And that chapter actually has given so many parents great courage and great hope. 
Okay. Um, you also mention in another of the chapters that life is meant to be lived to the full and enjoyed, which I would agree with you on that. Yet, so many people are not enjoying life at the moment. What can we do to change all that? I think what, what, what we all, that is actually one very important thing for everybody to remember, no matter what's happening in your life. And I know good things and bad things can be happening in your life, but that is one thing that the angels have said, you know, that we must learn how to live life to the full. We have to learn how to, to enjoy things. And the angels, you know, many a time when when I myself was feeling down, the angels would distract me and make me laugh or show me something to, to help me to enjoy life. We've got to remember, you know, to enjoy life is, is very important and to ask for the help for you to learn how to enjoy life. And again, you know, I suppose... We, we have to remember at, at this time, a lot of people are saying, how can we enjoy life where our jobs are threatened, you know, a whole load of things like that, or somebody is sick. But it is, you, you actually need to enjoy, you know, even the rain, wind, the sun, you know, when you go out, allow yourself to feel that you are alive. That is very important. And that chapter is full of so much. And again, I have heard back from, from people in England and here in Ireland and even around in, in around the world that that chapter has helped them, has given them back the hope to realise how important life is. Okay. Um, another problem which many people face at the moment is lack of money and in many cases being in debt, yet the angels are there to help the financially stressed. Yes, and... Um, what, what, what a lot of people need to do is, you know, ask your guardian angel to help and and to listen and not to be so fearful and so stressed about it. You know, I would often, you know, could be in a hotel, I could be anywhere, and, you know, I would see the angels and they would tell me that this person, whether it was a man or woman, you know, is actually financially stressed or I could even be in the supermarket and I would be showing someone that is so financially stressed that they're, you know, picking up the wrong things off the shelves because they're so worried about money in that way. And the angels all of the time are actually helping people not to be feeling that way. And one thing, you know, the angels have said, there is loads of hope out there. Try and recognize it in other people's lives as well. You know, even see it in your children. I suppose tell you a story. I was um, at a musical, the, my own daughter's musical, and the school was putting it on, The Phantom of the Opera. And all the hope that was there in those young people on the stage, you know, it is for us to, to recognize it, even if you are financially stressed, you know, to recognize it in your everyday, ordinary life as well. And the angels are helping us to do that. Because you, you mentioned that there's angels for every aspect of human life. Would you say there's an angel of money who would help people? Yes, yes it would help. Um, you you just have to, a lot, a lot of us all of the time, you know, we say, you know, well, I don't even believe I have a guardian angel because how could I have when, when I have just lost my job, you know, um, but you have a guardian angel, and I would say to to ask, 
and yeah, um, my my young brother-in-law, um, he's only a young man, and he has come unemployed, and just watching, you know, his guardian angel and other angels around him, giving him the courage and the hope. The angels burn a light in front. It's like they hold this light in front of someone, and um, to give them that courage and that confidence, and um, to to keep going, to keep trying, and just to see him out trying for a job. Is you know he he said he's not going to give up and he has read the the book you know message of hope from from the angels and he has said it has given him the courage and confidence. Oh, he hasn't got a job yet, but he's not given up. Okay, uh, moving on in the book, you talk about the idea of the soulmate, and yet you say that having a soulmate isn't necessarily the person you're married to or the person you're in love with, but it, it could be someone completely different. Could you explain a little bit about that? Um, yes. And so, so many people, that is to do with the angel of love, and that is the, angel of, the angels of love are always telling me that, and they show me as well that a lot of the time we block love coming into our lives because we judge the person we're going out with too, too critical. They're not perfect enough or not good enough or maybe not, you know, handsome enough in, in that in that way. And we're all the time saying, I'm looking for, you know, my soulmate, the the girl that is perfect or the boy that is perfect. And you have to remember your soulmate not may not even be on earth. Your soulmate could be, you know, someone that was born a long time ago. It could be you know, an elderly person, another another part of the world. It could be a child with Down syndrome. Um, and the angel of love is always telling me we shouldn't be looking in that way. Very few people actually marry their soulmates. soulmate. It is so few. And in that chapter, I did explain that, you know, my husband, Joe, who I loved very, very much, and he was the man that the angels told me, um, I would marry, you know, um, but he wasn't my soulmate, but I loved him. So that that is one thing that the angels of love, and they are very, very beautiful. And lots of times I see them tying a gold string. It's like a thread. It's so fine. You know, it could be around someone's wrist to the other person, but they keep it, they keep it loose. And I even see them helping people who who are, you know, let's say, breaking up or getting divorced. And one thing one must remember if I know I don't pronounce this word properly, if romantic, I I call it romantic love, comes into your life, even once, even if it is just for a short time, it is very precious. But the angels of love are just saying, you know, we need not to be looking for someone that is so perfect and we have to remember we are not perfect ourselves. Okay. And, and I, have, yeah. I have heard from men and women saying that they have found already, you know, more understanding of that type of love. And that is one type of love, romantic love. And I know again I'm pronouncing wrong that we're all in search of. Every man and woman want that in their life at some t- at some stage. Because also in your new book, you say that you 
you had a second near-death experience because I think in Angels in, in Your Hair, you, you said about having a near-death experience earlier and then you've mentioned a, a different one. Um, is there any way that you could describe how that, that happened and what it was like? Um, gee whiz, I, I forgot I actually put that in, into the book yeah. um, because you're the first person now that has, has brought it up. Um, I suppose I, I, do, I write so much and at times I forget, God, did I put that in there? Yeah, um, yeah. Yes, that was where um, I know I'll have to skip loads of the story, um, but where I had surgery, um, major surgery as, as such, and um, God took my soul. The you know, I, I went to heaven at that, that moment and when I had come out of surgery, seemingly the, the surgery um, went perfect, everything went perfect and um, they had moved me down, you know, in the trolley to, to recover a bit further and, you know, afterwards the doctor had said, we thought you were gone. Um, you know, you were gone for 10 minutes. We thought, you know, you were going to be brain damaged and everything. And I just smiled when he was saying this to me. Um, now, this was a good few days afterwards because I was in intensive care on that. Um, but I, I was in heaven. And that is one thing you, you shouldn't have any fear of is death. You know, but none of us are meant to go before our time. You know, the angels had said, you know, that I would have a little um, teacup to be a little bit of bother, but they never told me it would be um, so dramatic on, <laughs> on my human body. So I gave out to them afterwards when I recovered, I can yeah. assure you. I gave <laughs> out to God as well, you know, but, um, and again, I, I suppose, you know, um, I'm hearing an awful lot from people as well who ha who are actually terminally ill. And, you know, they have found that chapter and there's something else in one of the other chapters of great comfort to them because, you know, um, I've even gone into visit in some hospice here in Ireland and that, and they're just saying, you know, it has given them great comfort and it's helped to take away the fear. They're, they said they feel at, at peace now, understanding that, you know, and that their guardian angel when their time comes, you know, will take hold of their soul and will take them gently and that there is nothing to be afraid of. Okay, because um, apart from your new book, um, you recently brought out a CD of meditations called Wings Unfurled. Can you tell us a little bit about this CD? Well, again, I have to have to smile, you know, over over time people were actually asking, you know, Will you not do a meditation um, CD for, you know, they they would love one to to know how to connect with their angel, to help them to connect with a guardian angel. And, you know, the angels were telling me, you must do this. And, of course, I kept saying no, as usual. You know, I have enough to do without doing that. So, eventually, one day, I just said, okay, I'll do it. And that's exactly what I'm hearing back from people. They're, they're saying it's like as if you're in the room, Lorna, and, you know, they're learning how to, to connect with, with their guardian angel. And I'm just hearing very positive things back about it. You know, um, I was on a American radio show there recently and they played a little bit of it. And the presenter said, we're going to stop it there because when I played it the other day for myself, I could actually feel my guardian angel 
at that point. So mm. he, he turned it off. Hearing great response that, you know, people are feeling the presence of the guardian angel and sometimes they're saying they're afraid to open their eyes in case um, because I tell them to keep their eyes closed in case the guardian angel is standing there right in front of them. So I have to smile. It's helping people and giving them more faith. And all religions, again, are, are buying it. You know, um, and again, that has given people hope. And it's just so amazing to me. I'm still amazed, you know, that people of all religions, um, again, are buying this book now, A Message of Hope as well. And just saying such wonderful things. You know, I, I met a lady there um, the other day, and she says to me, Lorna, I can't believe that a message of hope has given her so much hope um, within her life. And then she turned around and she said, and it, it has been lots of, it has answered lots of my prayers. You know, so the things people come come and say about it is, is amazing. Or a young man as well that, that I met in Dublin, um, you know, on, on the main street, on O'Connell Street, he just, you know, stopped me and said, oh, you're Lorna, thank you for bringing out a message of hope. It's just what I needed. You know, you're you're just you're just hearing so so much. So, um, and one thing the angels have told me is that people will still be reading a message of hope in five years' time. You know, even in ten years' time, because we have to remember, people will always need hope. But people must remember, there is loads of hope out there. They're not to give up on anything, at all. You know, um. In, in in a while, you know, I know lots of people are saying, oh, what about December 2012? It's the end of the world. I would say, forget it and start to live life to the full. Mm. Start to enjoy every day, whether it's just a little thing, you know, and don't be so financially stressed. Do what you have to do and ask God and your angels to help. Ask your guardian angel and do your best to listen. And every time you do something right, and you know, God, that was a great help, you know, um, say to yourself, well, next time I'll do my best again to listen. And if you have become unemployed and you ha- you're, you have a mortgage on a house, you know, the angels are telling me they are telling people to go to the bank, let them know you're unemployed, go straight away and look for the help that's needed. And that's another thing the angels are saying, for people not to be afraid to ask for help. It's not your fault you've become un- unemployed or it's not your fault that you have become ill in that way or that that there has been some upset within within your life. We have to remember none of us are perfect and not to feel ashamed to ask for help. And everyone out there... We have to start to reach out and help each other. And it doesn't matter what religion one is either, because everyone has a guardian angel. That's great. Um, I'd like to move on to some more general questions about angels. Um, okay. Firstly, a lot of people say, I, I'm not sure if I believe in angels or not, um, but I, if I could see them, I'd believe in them. What, what do you say to people like that? 
I always have to smile when when someone says says that if if I could see them, I would believe in them. You know, there's so many things we actually believe in and and we don't see. We believe that that the air is around us and that we breathe it, and yet people don't see it. Um, I would say to them, you know, just ask the angel for for a sign. Um, I can't make a person see see an angel. But one thing you must remember, you know, and I know I've said it before, and um, very young children see angels. It's it's natural and normal to to them. Um, and young children pass on on messages um, naturally as well. Um, but as time goes on, you know, parent or another adult will laugh at them and say, "Oh, don't be telling fibs and things like that." And the elderly, you know, that is one thing I said before. The elderly would often come up to me, and they would say, "You know, I have seen an angel, Lorna." But you have to remember. They're getting closer to going home, and it could be in 20 years or 10 years or two years, and I mean going home to heaven. Um, I can't ask God to allow everyone in the world to see angels physically as I do, but I know someday people will, it is in the future. You know, um, children will see their own guardian angel. A parent will ask and see physically as well their child's guardian angel and when they're leaving you know they will be leaving their child with the guardian angel to take care of but we haven't got to that stage yet we have to make this world a safer place and you know lots of times people are blaming you know god and the angels you know for all the things that are going wrong in the world but God doesn't make war, we make it. You know, God didn't, or the angels caused the financial crisis. You know, I'm afraid we did, you know, ourselves. And not all of us. You know, there's an awful lot of people out there um, that are suffering innocently because of others. Right. Uh, what about the idea that you can see an angel in one place in hundreds of different places at the same time. How how does that work? You're talking about, like, say, the the angel of hope. Yeah, yeah. Because that is only one particular particular. Yeah, angel. A, a certain angel. I I actually don't know. That is a question I really can't answer, um, because I couldn't make up an answer for you. I have asked the angels, "How is that? How how can the angel of hope?" Um, be in different places all over the the whole world at different times, um, and all this I can say to you, the angel of hope. And I saw the angel of hope, you know, as a child. I didn't know much about the angel of hope, but nowadays I'm seeing him so often. You know, I see him nearly every day now. Like the last day when I was in Dublin, um, I was walking up O'Connell Street, and I was just so amazed. I saw the Angel of Hope, but he was beckoning to all the people on O'Connell Street, and he is a beautiful angel. He's like a flame of light, and it's like within that flame I see a faint appearance of 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 a male appearance, very masculine looking, um, and as if he is dressed in a cloak. But the one amazing thing is that he's always moving, always. Sometimes he could look like as if he was only four foot in front of a person, but yet he's a million miles away. I can never understand it. 
but he holds a torch and he is always moving. And this torch always reminds me of the Olympic flame. And he turns constantly and keeps moving forward and beckoning to whoever he is or to a huge group. I know he's he's beckoning to the whole world at the moment, um, giving us the courage and the hope um, not to give up. He is a beautiful angel. I don't know how certain angels can be in so many places at one time. I've asked the question, but it has never been answered. All right. Um, so I, 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 I don't. No. I would love maybe someday, some sometimes when I ask the angels or, or Michael or or any of the particular angels that are in my life constantly, um, sometimes when I ask them a question like like that. They actually take no notice of me, but it can be years later that they answer it. Right. That has often happened. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I, some people say that angels are, are your conscience. W- would you agree with this? No, because I see angels physically. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you and I were in the same room, you know, you see me physically and I see you. Um, physically as well, but I see your guardian angel or any other angel physically as well in the room with us. So, no, but yet angels um, talk to us. You know, sometimes people hear hear the guardian angel or another angel in that way within their mind. Yeah. But you must remember, um, your guardian angel, God's angels, will never, never ask you to do anything wrong. That is something very important to remember. They never ask you to hurt anyone, you know, or to be mean or selfish in in, in any way. They will always fill you with love and compassion. And you know, sometimes when you get that guilty feeling, when you have done something wrong, when you haven't listened to your guardian angel, that is your guardian angel giving you that guilty feeling, even if you hide it from everybody else. What what about animals? Um, Because people say that, animals can see or sense ghosts, do you think they can see angels? Um, I have never really asked, again, that question, but I I do believe, you know, because I'm, I never saw a need to ask the angels that question, but at times when I would have, um, you know, a dog with me or an animal with me, and I know my guardian angel would be there with me and the dog wouldn't be responding, but on occasions when another angel would walk in, the animal would respond. So I've never asked, but I do believe myself they do, but not all of the time. And many a times I would see angels comforting animals that say had been knocked down by a car. You know, yeah. I would see that. So I know angels help um, animals all of the time, but yet angels, um, an animal doesn't have an individual guardian angel. Right. Because people would ask me that that, that question. Um, but the angels are always prompting us to be kind, you know, to take care of the animals of the world. And sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Again, sometimes we listen and sometimes we don't. Right. Moving on, um, there's quite a few people who are popular teachers and writers about angels, including Doreen Virtue, Diana Cooper, Jackie Newcomb, and of course, yourself, of course, but they're all female. Why is it, do you think, that there aren't any men who are 
teaching about angels? I, I have to smile. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I never knew that. I actually don't know. Um, I, I must ask, and if I ever, um, if they, if they see that um, question important to be answered and they answer it for me, I will let, I'll let you know. Okay. I, I don't know, and I suppose people just have to remember. I can only tell you, you know, what I see every day, you know, and what the angels have taught me. And you have to remember, um, I'm dyslexic, so I never actually read a book. You know, it is too difficult. It would take me a year to read a book or maybe two years to read it. And then I probably find it difficult to, you know, with some words. So um, even though I'm getting better at reading now. Yeah. Okay. Um, one question I, I sort of, would, would, you know, I was interested in is that people like, say, Yuri Geller, when he first appeared in the 1970s, he, he drew a lot of interest from scientists who, wanted to test his powers in a laboratory setting. I just wondered if you've ever been approached by any scientists who were interested in your gift, and if, if you were asked, would you be willing to undergo scientific tests? I, um, that's a question now. I haven't really been asked before. Um, I suppose one half of it is that I have met many scientists, yeah. you know, and um, of what way could I put this? They would say to me... Um, you know, Lorna, we have read your books with great interest. And yes, you're right, but we can't come publicly and say that because they would lose their qualifications. Is that what you would call it? The thing is, I and the other part is, I actually don't see any um, need or reason to be tested in any way because I'm just giving people what God, I'm just doing what God and the angels have asked me to do. Um I don't know what what good that would do. I know one day God will give the proof himself. Yeah. And the angels will do that and I have to wait for, for, for that time. Um and I suppose I hear from so many different religious leaders, you know, priests and you know, from other other religious um, beliefs as well, like Protestants and Muslims and and um, you know, the list of them I never knew there were so many religions and they just tell me, you know, to keep up the good work, you know, um, because you're giving people back faith. You know, you're giving them back a reason to live. Yeah. You know, um, and that is, is very, fairly important. I'm trying to remember a message I got from someone today. I won't say what TV station or, or that, but... Um, it had to do with religion and, you know, they... Not, not their exact words, but again, they were saying, you know, Lorna is giving back faith and people are, are, are giving respect and they're listening. Their ears are open. And actually, that's what it's about as well, to open people's ears to, to hear that we're not alone and that, you know, you don't just die and rot away in the ground. You live, you have a soul. Um, and that you have a guardian angel that never leaves you for one second, and you're loved unconditionally, because just to see the love of the guardian angel, you know, with the person, especially when they are deeply troubled, is, to me, I find it just so overwhelming. And that God is real. You know, and that is one thing we, we must remember, and I know the evidence and the proof will come to everybody, 
at the moment of death. But we have to be aware of it beforehand. Angels are real, I'm afraid. You know, even if you don't believe, they are real and you have a soul and God is real. And it doesn't matter what religion you are or even if you say you don't believe in anything. I I met a lady the other day um, and she says, I don't believe in God or angels or anything, she says. And I just smiled at her and I said, well, you have a guardian angel right there beside you. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, she, and she said, do I really? You know, she she perked up. It, it was it was lovely to, to see as well, you know. I better not keep on talking. No, no, that, yeah, I'm, I'm right near the end now anyway. So okay. uh, I was just going to mention that you, you're actually doing the, the, the launch of the book, A Message of Hope from the Angels, on Sunday the 26th in Dublin. Uh, is, yes. Is that sold out or is, are there still tickets um, available I, for that? I think there is still um, tickets available and that's for Childline. Yeah. You know, ev- everybody has, has volunteered and, and doing so so much. Um, which which is great. Um, I just want to fill it, and you have to remember, you know, the angels again are always telling me and showing me children that are trying to get the courage to ring Childline, and for every parent to remember, even though it's the most important job in the world, um, their child or their niece or their nephew could need to ring them, and sometimes the child, you know, doesn't want to share something with the parent because they know their parent is so worried or stressed over something else. And it may not be, you know, lots of parents and people think that, oh, if a child rings child line, they must be in huge trouble. Lots of the time it's not. It's just little things that that worry a child. And it, it, child line is just so important. Hmm. Well, and I, I know I'm in Birmingham as well. Yeah, on Birmingham the on, on the Wednesday, Wednesday the 29th. 9th. Yeah, what other plans have you got? for this year 2012 actually it's it's actually packed i'm even going to the states and everything like that um i'm not looking too far ahead no no i suppose not (laughs) you would have to ask jean it's it's actually packed you know and at the moment is it is trying to fit in some other interviews as well Uh, i take it then that you you won't be doing any more books for for a while just yet then well, definitely not for a while because I have just so, so much to do. And then, of course, I have to wait and see what God and the angels want me to write about next. Yeah. They haven't yeah. told me yet, so I no. actually have to wait. So I'm not even thinking of the next one. No. I just, just wait until they say, now you must write about this. This is what people need to know. Right. Okay, then, Lorna, I'd like to thank you very much for agreeing to the interview and for all that you've said tonight it's been a pleasure speaking to you and i'm sure everyone listening has has learned a lot and especially has, has got the message of hope has has come across to them and i wish you very well in the future and especially with the book a message of hope from the angels by lorna Byrne. thank you lorna thank you very much and thank you to all your listeners